Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Ofsted, sitting down with Keith Myers. We're looking at training camp, uh, training camp report week one, essentially, is what we're doing uh, with this show, recording on Thursday. So we're recording before the uh, publicly available um, practice on Thursday, uh, but we thought we'd get started with some things that we observed uh, from the first day. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, so there's one day of practice in the books, um, and it sounds like the defense dominated um, overall on that one, which we kind of expect at this point um, in in training camp. You usually see offenses get off to a rusty start, and um, you know defenses do well since most of their – I mean, they're not hitting and they're not doing that kind of stuff, so there's no breaking tackles. You get up, you touch someone, plays over. So um, it does make defending um, a little easier as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I honestly, I expect the defense to be in front of the offense almost the entire preseason because of just the quarterback position. Um, Mm -hmm. Pete Carroll kind of alluded to that a little bit after practice. We noted um, prior to our pushing record uh, that there were a few reports about the uh, quarterback struggling uh, more than just a bit, um, looking a little rusty, not uh, completing things, throwing an interception or, or two. Um, and I'm not exactly sure I expected that, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. I kind of expected Geno Smith to be a little sharper just because he's been with the team for three years. He knows the offense. He was here last year with, um, the offensive coordinator, Shane Walder, and I expected him to be a little sharper, but, um, overall, I mean, it's the first day of practice. I have a question for you. So, uh, you know, that. Russell Wilson built a rather substantial reputation for off-season workouts, um, specifically as it related to inviting players, you know, to to California or to Hawaii or Mexico or wherever they were going to meet up and run through, you know, a week, week and a half worth of drills and throws and also meeting up with individual uh, wide receivers, tight ends um, for just throwing. And I was wondering if you've heard anything about Geno Smith or Drew Locke doing such a thing this offseason. No, not at all. I haven't uh, either. Is that yeah. concerning to you? It It is, but it's also not. I mean, part of the reason Russell Wilson did it was because when he would bring like DK Metcalf in, you know, to, to run routes for him and they, for them to work, he paid for that. He flew Metcalf out and all of that. Um Wilson was making a lot of money <laughs> when he was doing that stuff. Um, you know, Locke's not, um, Gino's not really. Um, so it's one of those things where I'm not, I'm not as surprised. It's also not as common as you'd think uh, around the league. You see a few star quarterbacks do it, but most of the, most of the teams don't have that kind of uh, faux off season program. Interesting. Yeah. I would think that, you know, if guys are in the same city, that they'd get together and throw. Um, but I didn't even hear about that. Um, mm-hmm. So Pete Carroll came out and basically said, listen, uh, things haven't changed in relationship to Geno Smith being the the starting quarterback or the 
in the first uh, uh, spot in the driver's seat right now. Uh, Drew Locke is still, you know, learning the system. Of course, he's been saying the same thing for four months now. So I'm kind of getting a little tired of uh, Drew Locke learning and being behind because he hasn't yet picked up all the terminology or whatever. These guys should be fairly close on that respect right now. Yeah, I think but Gino he doesn't Smith have just any uh, reps. He has, True, like, he, that, but that's he's, he's got all that mental stuff going on. The I mental mean, stuff on. is fine, but you need the reps. You need to get in there, actually do it. And what it's different looking at it on a page than it is out on the football field and and having guys rush at you and all that kind of stuff. He needs reps in the offense. Um, so I'm not as concerned about that at all. And part of it is it's just Gino started out in the lead because he's been here and because of the respect that everyone in the locker room has for him. Like he's really popular in the locker room. And so Pete Carroll, knowing um, how to manage a locker room as he does, says Gino's in the driver's seat. Because if Locke comes up and uh, beats him out, the players will have noticed too. It's not going to be, oh, you know, quarterback competition and, and all that. It's going to be, they're going to notice that the best guy won the job. But if it's really tight and whatever, and neither one of them is is taking control of it, then you go with Gino because of locker room stuff. So I just think that that's kind of where all that came from. So before we get too far along, I kind of wanted to pause just a little bit and talk about some notable uh, off-the-field decision-making mm-hmm. that, that went on. Um, first of all, um, KJ Wright came back, signed a one-day contract to retire as a Seattle Seahawks. That was pretty cool. The team kind of uh, held a press conference today for for him to be able to to speak to the media, and um, and that was nice as well. You know, um, KJ Wright's always going to be viewed as as um, Robin to Bobby Wagner's Batman. You know, there's just something about that relationship. They were came in together basically, and and they they operated the off uh, the defense through the Legion of Boom through the Super Bowl era, and. Um, and so they'll always be kind of tied together. But KJ Wright was just more than that. I think he stood on his own. He was a classy player all the way. He made some very impactful plays multiple seasons um, for the Seahawks 11, uh, all told. And um, really well known for blowing up screen plays and, oh, and yeah. just taking it out on some players over the middle. And so I think he deserves credit in his own right and, and likely end up on the ring of honor at some point. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he's questionable on whether he gets there or not. Um, be just because, yeah, he is viewed as as Robin to uh, Bobby Wagner's Batman. Um, but at the same time, like he was so instrumental in a lot of what he did. He was good enough that he let Bobby Wagner play free. He didn't have to worry. You know, if he got upfield too far and the running back cut back, he knew that KJ Wright was going to be there to make that play. So it allowed him to play faster and freer. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's like right on that bubble on, on whether or not he's ring of honor worthy. I mean, he's a very, very good player. And yeah. I think that I worry that he's going to be underappreciated as we go forward. Um, he was one of those guys, he was on every uh, most underrated team um because he was great nobody else nobody outside of seattle seemed to know him uh yeah, but one one pro bowl keith i know Isn't that's that, the thing that's that's just kind of disgraceful in a way um mm-hmm. you know he was just i'm sure he just fell short you know in a, in a number of those years an alternate or just just didn't make it quite 
quite there, but he he deserves to be in the conversation, at least to be on the Ring of Honor. I think mm-hmm. as, as well, he wants to remain in Seattle, kind of hang around the team, um, possibly looking for an opportunity to get into coaching. And uh, it seems to me that Pete Carroll and company would be amicable to something like that. Uh, but, w- but we'll see as time goes on. Yeah, if he wants to get into coaching, sign him up. Done. Where's the where's the contract? Let's make this happen. Um, very smart uh, player. Um, you know that he has stuff that he can teach these young younger players. Let him do it. Yeah, the guy knows his stuff. So the other couple of um, things are not quite as happy. Um, Chris Carson was uh, let go as as you predicted. Uh, I was kind of holding out a little bit longer. A little bit more hope as far as being uh, Chris being able to make it back from the neck surgery that he had in the off season. Uh, he was not able to to get the range of motion without uh, pain uh, that he was hoping for, and the team was hoping for. Team released him with an injury designation, which means he qualifies for all the benefits and, and all that kind of stuff um, as he moves forward with this situation. Uh, but it's it's a tough thing for the team tough for chris uh wish him nothing but the best yeah i w- i mean if he had a chance to finish this recovery and play they would have put him on the pup list the offseason pup list and let him sit there through training camp and preseason then yeah. transfer him yeah, to we, the we talked, we talked about that yep. yeah transfer him to either ir or the in season pup list and whatever but they didn't he came in, he failed the physical, they released him. What that tells you is exactly what Pete Carroll's been saying all offseason, is that it's done. He's done. Um, that he, Chris Carson wasn't ready to say he was done, so that's why he was still on the roster and still around, but this injury was career-ending. And that's it's unfortunate. Guy was a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Burkerbin also fell victim to that. Um he had uh, some surgery in the off season to repair some knee stuff and then had some nerve issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they waived him as well. He reverted though, however, to the, um, the uh, injury list for uh, the Seahawks. So he'll remain there, I believe all year. Correct. Yeah. He will. When that happens. Yep. And um, yeah, so that's the end of the, the kind of the bad doldrum news. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that uh, were observed during uh the training camp on the first day of practice um go ahead i was going to say um one thing that could be observed is a really tall wide receiver standing on the sidelines um dk metcalf is holding in right he's not holding out he's not missing uh camp and whatever but he's there he's in camp but he's not practicing he's going to all the meetings doing all of that stuff but he's not doing anything on the field while he waits for a new contract Pete Carroll said he thought it would be done by now so that Metcalf would be playing. It's not, but they're working hard on it. They're going to get it done. Um, That's straight out of Pete Carroll's mouth. And the fact that DK Metcalf is here, even if he's not practicing, he's actually here in camp, all of that. um, On the sidelines, walking through drills with players, talking to guys, et cetera. Yep. Just doesn't have the helmet on, not moving around. But um, I would imagine if they're that close, it, something's going to happen within the next few days or the week or, uh, you know, within the week. Um, let's talk about players. Uh, Ken Walker, uh, from what I understand, looked tremendous, showed up in camp, 
um, healthy, uh, fit, uh, and fast. And that's that's the report uh, with Ken now. Now, of course, nobody's touching anybody. He's getting you know handoffs and and kind of moving around, juking a little bit. Uh, but that was notable to Pete Carroll. He just he loved to see him out there. Yeah, um, I mean, there's your probably your starting your number one running back. But let's not count out um, Rashad Penny, who yeah. I know he was he didn't do much with OTAs and and mini camps and all of that. But he came into camp. Um, ready to roll and ready to practice and he's weights up to 237 um as what Which i read is crazy to me i mean that's but, nearly as big as uh what's the kid from uh, tennessee uh derrick henry derrick he's that's derrick henry size basically save yeah, a couple pounds but he's he didn't this isn't like he uh gained that weight by eating a bunch of bacon cheeseburgers like he looks fit and cut at 237 yeah. He's going to, he's going to be real hard to bring down. Um, he said that um, he worked out in sand basically all yep. off season to strengthen those legs, strengthen the hamstrings. He didn't, he didn't want to have issues like that creeping up during this camp, as well as the ACL prior uh, injuries. He wanted to make sure that that was full go. And so, yeah, he, he showed up as strong, quick and agile as ever. And um, I don't think that, uh, that Walker's going to take his job anytime soon if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's a nice competition to have. You've got uh, big and fast versus quick and fast. Um, both of them are. Both of those guys have home run hitting speed. Um, it's going to be hard to bring uh, Rashad Penny down. It's going to be hard to get a hand on Ken Walker. So there's a, they both bring a lot. I mean, this this is looks like it could be the best one too um that the Seahawks have had for quite some time in recent memory <coughs> yeah really? because i mean because yeah. even when they had marshawn who was you know freaking amazing like did they never they never really have i can't i can't even right now tell you who was behind marshawn lynch um yeah so that that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, really, that's going to be exciting. Uh, Rashad Penny is going to probably have metered carries in the preseason, so we're going to get plenty of looks from Ken Walker as long as Ken Walker stays healthy in camp. Mm-hmm. He's going to get all the carries he can handle in preseason and really push for playing time come week one. You know, I would imagine if things play out right and um, Rashad Penny is available 100%, uh, Rashad Penny's probably still only going to get 15 touches a game initially. And that means that Ken Walker's probably going to get 10. And so this is going to be a pretty exciting duo. Yeah. I mean, uh, it is going to be interesting. I Rashad Penny always did better with more touches. Um, and so if they're going to, if they're going to meter him during the preseason, I'm okay with that. If they're going to start metering him during games and saying, we don't want you to get hurt. So you're going to only going to get 15 touches a game. He might not be I'm particularly just... effective. I'm just saying right out of the right out of the gate week one. I think that you know by week four he's getting he's carrying as much as as a, of a load as he can handle and the team, you know, if, as long as we're sustaining drives and running the ball, um, that could be 20, 20 plus touches a game, I would think. But you know, there's other running backs in the room um that that want those touches as well. Um, DJ Dallas, Homer, um, of course, um Walker, you know. So it's interesting. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised given uh, Ken Walker's attributes 
that he surpasses Rashad Penny at some point during the season. But it's hard to imagine if Penny continues that run of five or six games at the end of last year that anybody could surplant that. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as he runs like that, nobody's going to take his job, you know? No, those those last uh, six games uh, at the end of last year, he during that time period, he led the NFL in rushing. Um, I think he led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Like he led the NFL in yards per carry. I mean, he was dominant during that stretch. So yeah, if he's still running like that and looking like that, Rashad Penny, sorry, Ken Walker, you're a good thing. You're only 21 because you're not going to get a lot of touches this year. (laughs) And and Rashad Penny is only under contract for one year. And probably if he had a season like that, he would price himself out of, of the Seahawks job because they're not going to pay him. He, he would be, he, he could be offensive player of the year if he had a full year of that five game run. I mean, that would be close to 2,000 yards. That would be six yards of carry. Actually, he would like probably 20, have 25 touchdowns. You it would know? be like 23, um, 100 yards. We're talking like NFL record. Yeah, right. Uh, so, you know what I mean? So, right. yeah, that, that's how good he was um, during yeah. that stretch. So Crazy. we'll see. Yeah, one of the funnest competitions, though, in camp this year, and it might not be a competition, quote-unquote, because those two are one-two either way. Yeah, they'll share they'll, they'll share that load. It's different in other positions, like at cornerback, which is another um, another great competition. Um, there's not a lot of sharing. If you're the starter, you play out there unless you get, until you get hurt or you get benched. Um, and if you're not a starter, you're playing special teams and hoping to get, to get an opportunity. Um, so there's not – at running back, there's a load sharing. That doesn't happen at other positions. Um, right now, you see Artie Burns on the right side and um, Sidney Jones on the left. You see the uh, two rookies with the second team. Um, yeah, Bryant and Wollen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kobe Bryant's been, um, he got a couple of first team reps near the end of uh, practice. And so that's worth watching. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you've got, that's kind of how this competition is starting, it's just with those four. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good to see. You know, there was a lot of rookies out there. Walker, Woolen, Bryant, Bo Melton, Maffe, Abraham Lucas, uh, Derek Young, um, and um, Charles Cross. You know, mm-hmm. Charles Cross, out of, the, out of that group, though, Charles Cross was the guy getting the number one reps. Everyone else was in the mix um, and getting reps, but usually second and third team, uh, most of those guys. The other thing that I wanted to talk about um, was the the pup list. Um, we had two guys that are on there that look like they're going to be short term. Yeah, and a couple of guys are going to be a little longer. Trey Brown is on the list. Cornerback um, had that that devastating injury last year. Pete Carroll says he's actually really close. Doesn't expect him to remain on the pup list very much longer before That's he integrates into the practices. Yep. yep. And then John Radigan um, is a guy uh, linebacker with an ACL last year, he's in still pretty decent recovery mode. Sounds like he's going to be a longer term project Tariq mm-hmm. Smith, the rookie linebacker we drafted in this year's draft, uh, has a little hip injury. He's only on the list for a short term as well. He's actually practicing. He just hasn't cleared completely. Um, Pete well, Carroll indicated he was going to be short term as well. He's working out. He's not practicing. He's not participating in, in team activities on the field because Without, if he was on the pup list, that would be, you know, they, that wouldn't be allowed and all of that. If he's going to practice, you got to be on the roster. So the other guy was rookie uh, Liam Ryan, 
tackle, offensive tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like he's a longer term sideline um, situation as well. So, but other than that, I think notable players that were ready to go uh, that weren't on the list were, was the best news of all. Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, they both participated. They weren't on that list. Marquise Blair, D. Yep. Eskridge, which is known to have some nickups now and again. He's not on uh, that list, but he didn't practice yesterday. Right. But he's not on the list. So Rashad Penny, Phil Haynes, all those guys um, who have been on that list in years past um, were, were full go right out of the gate, which is which is good to see. Phil Haynes got some um, first-team reps at right guard. He and um, Gabe Jackson switched off uh, as in that role. And that doesn't mean that Gabe Jackson's job is at stake. I think this is more of a veteran, um, you know, like keeping First day the of practice in 90 degree weather. Yeah. yeah. Just keep, keeping the, the, um, the veterans, you know, uh, a little fresher and all of that. Plus getting, you know, a young player, you like some extra reps and, and some extra learning. Um, if we think about the, on the um, offensive line, Charles cross got all the first team refs that left, left tackle Damian Lewis, um, at left guard, Austin Blythe in the middle. Uh, I already mentioned the, you know, the two guys switching off at right, um, at right guard at right tackle. It was Jake Curran who was getting the first team reps for most of practice. Um, Abe Lucas was getting the second team reps. And then at the very end of practice, he got one series, um, with the first team. So, uh, that's worth watching. It's kind of how I, how I think the, the uh, offensive line is going to look week one and not how I think the offensive line is going to look week, you know, 16. I, I think, think it's going to be how the offensive line looks through week two of the preseason. And then after that, I think it's going to be Abe Lucas. Yeah, we'll see. He's got a ways to go. He's, he's kind of like that drew lock situation. He's learning the offense, learning the calls, all that kind of stuff, but learning how to run talent. block. He's <laughs> yes. Learning to run block, but, it doesn't mean that he's not capable. It just yeah. means he didn't do it very much in college, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's, is a totally reasonable argument that you're making about Jake Curhan being the guy right out of the gate. I get that. And, and, and I'm not reading anything into it. This is just my preconceived notion of what I think the team would like to see. Well, I think the team would like to see Abe Lucas come out and look like he's going to be a pro bowler um, right away because they know he's got the physical tools and talent. Um, and that just means that his technique and knowledge of the offense have come along to, in a way that got him there quickly. I think at the same time, going in with two rookie offensive tackles um, is going to scare, you know, Pete Carroll and Shane Waldron. And especially with Jake Curran's ability to run, mm-hmm. his, his run blocking is excellent. He's not necessarily the greatest pass blocker but his run blocking is great and if this offense is going to do anything it's going to be running the ball with Rashad Penny and Ken Walker so that's part of the reason why I think Jake Curran gets the nod is just because he's the better run blocker and that gives the offense the better chance of actually you know being decent the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major sports action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So how big? Where would the Seahawks be, Keith? Without the signings of Sidney Jones midseason last year and Artie Burns this last offseason, these two guys that most Seahawks fans are really not that familiar with, especially Artie Burns, come in right away and they're getting starter, starter reps in practice. Now, part of that is Trey Brown's out. Um, and we don't know exactly where he's going to be when he comes back. He, he may take six to eight weeks to really kind of get in to the mm-hmm. groove and even challenge for a starting spot. He might get some rotation. Um, but to have those guys in there and, and from every indication, Cindy Jones and Artie Burns are playing at a, at a really decent, you know, better than average starter caliber kind of corners. Um, and in this new defense, especially Artie Burns coming in really knowing the defense, um, that they're wanting to put in. Um, I think it's huge. Well, Sidney Jones was a guy who was very highly touted coming out of, um, college and everyone thought he was going to be really good. And then fortunately he was really injured and he basically didn't get on the field because he was always banged up. Um, and ultimately Jacksonville got bored with him and traded him to Seattle. Um, and Seattle ripped the benefits of that. Once he got, once he learned the defense, he became the starter and the defense got significantly better. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a great trade. It was a great, great move to get him in. Where would that, the, secondary have been last year without him right because he was one of the big key cogs in making that defense work and he's going to be again this year and Artie Burns was brought in because of his familiarity with um Sean Desai and yes. uh, and the way they want this defense to work he was brought in specifically to hold down a starting spot until one of the rookies is ready now that might be week one that might be week six it might be next year we'll see that's a great point. I mean, he was specifically brought in to kind of help the coaching staff. And and I don't know if they expected him to start. Pete Carroll sounded a little surprised in, in the offseason when they did the, um, you know, the initial mini camps um, that Artie Burns really stood out. And now it's emerging that he's he's getting starter reps. I just think it's a it's a great thing. You know, when he was drafted in the first round, back into the first round with Pittsburgh, he kind of washed out there. Um, he struggled, he got injured, he didn't really gain, regain his starting spot and they kind of moved on from him. Um, uh, and Chicago grabbed him and then he got a little hurt again, played really well at the back end of last year, like the last half of the season. And I think that's where he regained the trust of Sean Desai and they brought mm-hmm. him in. You know, most coaches don't bring a lot of guys in that have played with them in the past. So when they do, it's notable because... Yeah. Um, you know, he's a secondary coach first and foremost, and if he's got Artie Burns uh, in his corner, um, that says a lot. And so I'm very curious to see what he looks like out on the field in this defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just knowing what this defense is going to look like is going to, is, is still 
uh, up in the air. Like well, we got to get used to the new scheme and all of that. But yeah, what's he? What is? What does he look like? How? Um, how does he play out there? I mean, he is kind of the defensive uh, Rashad Penny, right? Always hurt. Uh, all that potential never mm-hmm. used because he was always hurt. Finally, the back half of last year had had a run of games where he played really well. Um, can he maintain that, or is he going to get hurt again? Well, uh, we hope not, but yeah. we do have Bryant and Woolen. So everyone is talking about Woolen's size, but not talking about the actual skill level. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't heard yet what he looks like defending. Um, is he holding his own, or if, does he have a long ways to go? Is he closer? to getting a, a nice rotation going or is he going to ride the bench for a while and play special teams we just don't know every indication however though uh with kobe bryant is this kid's re- more ready than not yeah and that was that was the case when he was drafted i mean he was drafted because he was ready to play now maybe not have the highest ceiling not um not viewed as a guy who with pro bowl potential but ready to start day one that was um you know that was you know the scouting report on him and so seattle grabbed him for that reason and then they got woolen who has that pro bowl potential all pro potential just in his athleticism but won't be ready to start week one so um we'll see yeah we will see we will see and maybe he is who knows i mean we went through the first practice. Nobody knows. Nobody's really talking about him. But by by the time it's all said and done, maybe the kid's just the hardest worker in the world comes in and lights the, the thing on fire, and all of a sudden he's playing a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I just look other- at I look at um, at Richard Sherman. It's, there are a lot of similarities there: size, um, you know, speed. Um, former wide receiver moved to defensive back late in college all of that it took richard sherman six weeks into the year and then he was only playing because of injuries to the guys above him uh, and he excelled after he got on the field but it took him time and you we all know that richard sherman at that point in his career was one of the hardest working guys in the fl one of the smartest guys at picking up you know all the little cues and all the little nuances of everything um it still took him six weeks so uh, i'm not I don't want to put any kind of pressure on Mullen. Let's let's just sit back and enjoy it as it happens. The last thing I wanted to talk about is the team speed. So that's the 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 big overarching thing that really stood out to Pete Carroll. Um, he went on to say, uh, referencing the the team speed, he says, "I'm excited about how fast we are. It's a very very fast team. I don't know if we've been faster, and we'll see if we can make that obvious how we use it in all the different aspects." Um, so, you know, you've got, and he's got to be referring to Penny and Ken Walker and DK and Tyler and, and Bill Melton and some I of think, the guys on the defense as well. I think that what one of the, he's, he's a defensive coach. One of the things that, that he's looking at is the difference between KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, who were awesome, but you could tell they were, they'd lost a step. They were both slower significantly over the last two or three years or last two years than they had been earlier in their career. And now with Jordan Brooks and um, why can I never remember his name? It's not a good sign for him. Cody Barton. Um, Those guys are fast. They are really fast. Um, They're not going to be, I I mean, I don't think Cody Barton's ever going to be as good as KJ. And 
Jordan Brooks, I think, is going to be outstanding, but there's only one Bobby Wagner. I mean, he's a pro bowler. I'm a pro bowler. He's an all-pro, seven-time all-pro. He's a Hall of Famer going to be. Um, and so I don't think the expectation of him matching that is fair. But, yeah, I mean, the speed at linebacker is going to be noticeable. Yeah, and everyone's talking about Tariq Wollin, too. He's this huge guy, dominates the, the cornerback room, but he's also the one of the fastest guys on the entire team running a low four threes um at the combine um, the fastest guys in the entire nfl isn't that crazy i mean i'm ex- kind of excited to see him i, I know that's going to be you know he's going to make mistakes and whatnot but just to have a guy like that the physical prowess back there manning the the, the cornerback spot to me i want to see I'm him and dk go up against each other over and over and over again <laughs> that would I mean, be fun you gotta get um Metcalf sign so that that can happen but I want to see those two guys go up against each other they're both huge they're both fast um that would that's just going to be fun there's just nothing about that that won't be fun so the one last thing I'll end with and it's kind of a critique uh to the the Seahawks organization is the idea of these live peaks into um training camp practices it's not at all that it is not at all that they have these close-ups on the players walking around and mingling and coaches chatting and fans on the sidelines, which is great. Good, good for the fans on the sidelines, but there's no film whatsoever on any single drill. So there's literally, you can't see anything and you're hearing, uh, Jen, I can't remember her last name talking over the top of practice about all sorts of things not related to anything that's happening in any of the drills, all this kind of off-season kind of chatter and and whatnot. I just don't know that you should even have uh, this quote-unquote live training camp um, thing broadcast if it's not going to be football-related. Like, if we're not going to see anything, I get the idea. They don't want to show all that kind of stuff. Nonetheless, they could have something you know run some you know the the generic drills here where it's just guys lining up and firing off and hitting bags or whatever that's what it's supposed to be i mean that it that literally is what this this live feed is supposed to be and it's what it was for years with uh tony ventrella and um, warren moon running it but they're not Mm -hmm. running it anymore it's got pushed off to um i think it's the q13 um q or crew um the local fox station and they've turned it into like, you know, they've got talking heads there and Mm -hmm. you're looking at them. I don't care about them. I don't want to hear them. I want to see, I want to listen to practice. I want to all that kind of stuff. And the last year um, and the year before they did a really bad job of it early in training camp, like they did yesterday. Um, And then it got better as training camp went on. Um, And I hope that's the case again. I was kind of hoping they'd learn from their mistakes the last two years i I was too i honestly Um, was but they clearly haven't yeah so it's tough it's tough to watch and i'm just saying that as a football fan i think most people this time of the year in july who are going to click on a training camp video are pretty diehard fans you know these are guys that are you know been around the game or anxious to, to see players anxious to see the draft picks in action even if it's hitting bags running drills doing sprints uh, punting the the ball whatever it is there wasn't any of the action no action whatsoever it was just guys standing around and then talking and so 
I just think that everyone deserves a little bit more. So maybe yeah. we can work on that. Fans That's deserve better. Say. I mean, I we do. Fans deserve better. And um, I don't Yeah, I agree with you. Who's clicking on that other than guys like us that, you know. Right. You know. That can't eat, be there. Eat and you know? sleep Seahawks all the right. time. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean. That's who we are and that's who their audience is. So give us what we're looking for. <laughs> Dang it. Give us what we want. Yes, do it. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Keith? What are you looking for uh, in the in the next uh, four or five days of practices and, until we're on again? I want to see Metcalf get signed and get out on the field and start working with the quarterbacks because that um, that like chemistry with him and the quarterbacks has to develop before the start of the season so that way they use him and they can yeah. get a lot more out of him and um, he, when he signs that deal expectations will go through the roof on his, his performance paycheck. and yep. you know quite frankly before even the contract discussion at all we're all thinking that opportunities might be diminished a little bit anyway and so you're right getting in there yeah. and having some rapport is good i want i also want to see the quarterbacks run the offense make you know uh, in um, practice yesterday and all the, and when the, once they got to uh, from the seven on sevens to the 11 on 11 part, the offense never once got into the end zone. And that can't happen, right? You need to be, they need to be able to con, can um, continue drives, get down there in the red zone. Score and we're not down. even playing football. We're just running no. drills. They're just running. Yeah. There's it's padless practice no and they're, and they're struggling to move the ball. So that can't continue. I need the quarterbacks to step up and and look not awful. Not awful. That is the level that we're looking for right now. Yes. um, My expectations aren't that they're going to be great because I don't think that's ever possible. I want them to be not awful. If they can can get up to a point of not awful, I think this (laughs) offense um, has a chance to do okay because of the running game. There's got to be some marketing opportunities in here for that not awful thing. I think that we need some t-shirts or something. Drew Locke's picture. It's a just be not awful. Just be not awful. <laughs> Dang. That is a bar that I think we should all attain to. All right. Ugh. Let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. Listen to subscribe and share, man. Take care. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.